Hey everybody, I'm Mark Musinski. And I'm Brian Wool. And this is My Favorite Friendship. We are a true friendship podcast, like a true crime podcast, but instead of the stories of murder, we're finding the most fascinating stories of real friendships from history, the present, perhaps friendships that even will extend into the future. And this is not only a show uh, about friends, it's also a show by friends, because Brian and I are best friends. And it's also a show for friends, because just by being here and sharing this time with us, you guys are kind of our friends too. Not even kind of, you're really our friends. So thank you for coming, and we're excited to have you. And if you want to take it a step further, this is also a show to be shared with friends. Because that's what you do. Give your friends something cool, something fun. So if you have a sec, find your favorite episode or just an episode that you know someone would love uh, and send it their way. Anything else I should add to that very off-the-cuff intro, Brian? Oh, yeah. I would, I would just say a, a special hello to our, our listeners in Minnesota and then some of our friends in, in Canada and our neighbors to the north. And we also had a nice bump last week from friends in Australia, who I assume are just everyone who's working on the Marvel movies, and none of them are actual Australians. So if there are actual Australians <laughs> listening to the show, uh, shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a, a little message yeah. on Instagram or something. And I think what's so fun about seeing all, all these different people around the United States and around the world that are listening to my favorite friendship, it helps you guys know, hey man, you got friends in other countries. You got friends in other towns. There's a lot of people out there that are into friendship like we are, and I think that's so cool. So, hi to you all, and, and hopefully we get to see you in person sometime. Oh, and if you're in another country, and there's something that makes friendship different in that other country, let us know. I That comment just really made me curious about what international friendship might hold i don't is it different is it the same obviously i hope some of the principles are the same but maybe there's like friendship customs or something that we've never heard of before oh i i also have another thing mark i talked about barb and star go to vista del mar the other week i got a new friendship film that i just watched and it's uh it's streaming on hulu i believe right now and it's made by the mm -hmm. company a24 it's called first cow and the, yeah. the film is all about friendship. I had no idea. I thought it was about a cow. It's not about a cow. The movie <laughs> is about friendship. And it's an amazing film. And it, it may not... I, it, it presents a very interesting friendship and an interesting view on friendship. It starts with a proverb about friendship. And I, I don't even feel like sharing that. I'm going to let you guys watch the film. Please watch it. Get back to us. Tell us what you think. It's such a cool friendship movie. I really loved it. But uh, it may not necessarily be all positive about friendship. That's great, though. Friendship is a many-dimensional thing. Yeah. First Cow, and, dude, you got to you know, go out of the way and see that movie. It is so good. Okay. Which also reminds me, um, one thing, unlike sharing, which is something you should do with friends, one thing you only rarely do with friends is rate them. But in this one instance, it's okay. So if you have a sec, go on to your favorite podcast source and rate this show. We'd really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, that would really help us out a lot. I'm trying to think of other scenarios where you should be rating your friends, but I don't think there are many. <laughs> and, I, and you should avoid it at all costs. Yeah. You know, it's a, 
our relationship is, is a different type of friendship, Mark. You know? It's not exactly the same as a normal friendship. They're, they're listeners, and we're trying to, to get more people to listen to us so that we all can be friends and meet in person one day. Because one day, mm, maybe we could mm. make money off this podcast and pay us for our time or equipment. Maybe. That, that's a five-star idea right there. Hey. So I got, <laughs> all a, right, I got a real-life friendship you, thing yeah. that happened this week. I, I, uh, okay. I have a friend... His name is Chris Wallace. You can follow him on TikTok and Instagram. I think it's the Chris Wallace, and he's a stand-up out here in LA. But as as we have been unable to do shows, Chris has put his effort into recreating the pizza from his hometown in New Haven, Connecticut. He loves this style of pizza, and he's created a pizza pop-up called called Aziza Pizza, named after. Uh, <laughs> His, his dog Ozzy and I had this pizza for the first time over the weekend I didn't even know what New Haven pizza is it's uh for those of you that don't know yeah it I'm is, always looking for new styles of pizza so it's this a very great. it's a very thin crust pizza made with uh okay. uh dough that's uh, soda dough that's been fermented for three days and that gives mm-hmm. it like kind of a slightly bubbly thin crust it's not huge bubbles think small bubbles so that uh, it's it's airy it's light you can eat a whole pizza and you don't feel like dead afterwards but that uh, sounds great to me it, it was amazing it was so good it was so so good he had, he had like a menu of four pizzas i believe and i think he's expanding to six but holy moly so worth it out here in los angeles i love pop-ups i love a lot of people that have been making their own at-home businesses uh, while we're doing you gotta do these days yeah it's just so much fun and you know you've been visiting so many pop-ups mark it made me a little jealous so i i was like i gotta get out there i gotta get out there and start trying out these pop-ups and uh varying up our our food here <laughs> so is the is the soda crust the main defining feature or how is like what's the sauce and cheese situation it's very light sauce and the cheese is is solid, but it's not like an extreme amount of cheese. Everything's very light. It's almost like mm. almost like Italian Neapolitan style, but instead of being fired in a wood oven, this is in a coal oven. Now the way that Chris does it is he he does not uh, he he just created a coal box in his oven in his mm. apartment and is able to regulate the temperature with that coal in his at-home wow. oven it's so clever and he's got all these great at-home contraptions to to kind of keep everything level it's so cool i'm i'm so impressed with him and uh, so proud of all the progress he's made from just doing it as a fun thing to turning it into a business i think he's already got a couple of catering gigs out of this so that's amazing cheers to well, chris congrats, wallace chris and Hopefully, I'll get some some New Haven style pizza soon. Yeah, they, they he has sign signups on slotted through their Instagram, and I think they're sold out for this Saturday already. But you could sign up for next Saturday very soon. Amazing. Well, 
Oh, yeah. It's my week. Uh, so, guess what, Mark? Yeah, what's a cool segue yeah, into a friendship? A Last week, we were talking about George Clooney and Brad Pitt and their hilarious friendship and their pranks. And we got onto the subject of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And I was like, man, why didn't I do this friendship a long time ago? Maybe I felt it was too obvious. Maybe, you know, I had all sorts of different reasons for it. But I feel like it's only fair, after talking about Clooney and, Tina Fey, or Clooney and Brad Pitt pranking Tina Fey and Amy Poehler... We got to talk yeah. about it, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. They're also going to be hosting and the Golden Globes. I think we'll, we'll miss it, though, when this comes out. I think they hosted on February 28th, and this will come out yes. just after it. But uh, hopefully you guys are still thinking about them <laughs> a couple of days well, I, later. I always love their hosting. It's it's delightful. And one of my favorite parts of that George Clooney Brad Pitt discussion was the the response that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler had, which was like, hey, handsome men goofing around doing this, we're grown-ass comedians. You're messing with the wrong people. Yeah, very much so. And, and also, it, I, I love when comedians assert their dominance. It makes me very happy. <laughs> it's, it, it's just something that I love. I love when comedians assert dominance because everybody thinks they're so fucking funny and the answer is they aren't... They just aren't. <laughs> and yeah, a less a less handsome and rich George Clooney, Brad Pitt would uh, not have received the same response. And also, uh, the other thing too that someone pointed out to me because I was talking about it is that especially pranks that are like on set, you know, that are like disrupting business interest in some way, really. Only very handsome men get away with that kind of thing. Yeah, everyone would because be because everyone else, otherwise. it's like. Like, ugh, ugh, why are you holding up the process for yes. a, a dumb joke? Yep. 100%, Mark. And, and and that's, we'll get into that a little bit later in this one. But I, I have to confess, I've been holding back on this one because this is my favorite friendship. Aww. This one, uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, is my favorite friendship. Of of all the ones wow. that... that uh, I've researched and the ones that I, that I love. Uh, Take that, Salvador Dali and Alice Cooper. <laughs> I really enjoy that one too, but for other reasons. But this is <laughs> this is my actual favorite friendship, and I I don't know. I, maybe that's why I've been holding back on it. I don't know, but I'll get into why it is. There there's so many reasons, and as as our listeners probably know, Mark and I became friends through improv comedy and and meeting each mm-hmm. other at an audition in college and we became friends from there now we've been friends for god almost 18 years 18 years this fall i think but who's counting yeah. uh, which will be i've been friends with you exactly equal to the amount of life i lived before i was friends with you yeah that's pretty great i'm actually a fan let's tip the scale we got to keep it going yeah so I'm very excited about that, and uh, and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey's friendship, uh, although has been significantly more successful than ours, <laughs> so far, so far. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wager that it just will always be ours, and that's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> but you never know. Maybe maybe we'll have a late a late burst, but um, so so Tina Fey. Uh, is actually one year older than Amy Poehler. Both are East Coast gals. 
Tina Fey, born in Pennsylvania, Amy Poehler from Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and mm-hmm. and both of them moved to Chicago, much like you and I did, to learn how to be funny and uh, you know figure out our world <laughs> in the world of our place in the <laughs> world of comedy. So yeah, they they actually first met in 1993. They were introduced to each other by Sharna Halpern. And Sharna took Amy and she she told Amy that... Also, for anyone who doesn't know, Sharna Halpern is the, or I guess was the owner of IO. That is correct. Formerly Improv Olympic. Co-founder. Yes. Somewhat controversial figure that I don't necessarily want to get into, but... Um, definitely an important figure in the history of improv and comedy in general. Yes. And so Sharna introduced Amy Poehler to Tina Fey because she, and and this is a quote from Amy's book, Yes, Please. She said, Sharna took a liking to me and to her. She told me I was just as good as the big boys. She believed in me. She said there was another new improviser in another one of her classes whom she thought I would really like. Her name was Tina, and she was like me, but with brown hair. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and uh, Sharna uh, has said in interviews, she was like, they were not the typical women who get steamrolled by men. They were no shrinking violets. They were bald yeah. and ballsy and fearless. So, you know, if you, if you want to know what, what the world was like. Uh, that's a yeah. that's a pretty fair assessment. <laughs> I needed that at the time, and it's still, unfortunately, in a lot of cases. Yeah, you gotta if, if you're female at improv, you gotta kind of throw some elbows in there to get your space, because a lot of unfunny men will bulldoze, and and that's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And it, a lot of funny men will also bulldoze, and a lot of funny men will also bulldoze that too. And it, and then it creates women who bulldoze. Everybody's bulldozing, and then the show is bad. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, back back to Amy Poehler, and not about uh, improv theory. Amy Poehler said, <laughs> uh, "She said I remember Tina Fey wrote a play about Catherine the Great fucking a horse, and I thought that lady is hot stuff." I want to know her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, that's great. Yeah, and although the, this this uh, play of Catherine the Great fucking a horse, you know, hasn't really seen the light of day since the nineties, uh, Tina Fey has talked about it since, and she said, you know, John F. Kennedy had extramarital affairs, and no one says anything. But I bang one horse, and now I'm a horse banger for all eternity. That's it. That's what I am. <laughs> I think Hillary Clinton's got to be able to relate to that. <laughs> I think that's a pretty fun Catherine the Great joke. I, <laughs> I, I just, yeah. So uh, the two ladies became friends. So these, these two, Tina and Amy, they ended up getting put on the same improv team. And, oh, what's it called? It's a great name. It's going to be worth it when I find it. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things is just different improv team names. Yeah. They're sort of in the realm of like indie band names. and Yeah, like it's just such a good name. It, the name of the group is actually, I, I, God, if I can fucking find it. It's the title of a gay porn. 
It's something like really... God, where is it, Brian? Come on, find this fucking thing. <laughs> I want to say it's like inside something. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. We're getting little bits of it revealed slowly. Or or misrevealed. We'll find out very soon. I, I'm, I'm editing all of this out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is the goddamn team name? Oh, fuck me and my notes. How did I lose the team name? I love improv team names. All right, I'm going to quick Google. Here we go. Okay. Got it. Okay. So the two women were actually placed on the same improv team at Improv Olympic, and it was named after a gay porn called Inside Vladimir. <laughs> I love I love great improv team wow. names. What was your favorite improv team name that you had, Mark? Oh, that I had? Yeah, yeah uh, you had a great I mean, one. What was that that really... <laughs> we- we were accidental VJ. Accidental VJ. What did the that VJ stand for? for? Video jockey, I believe. Oh, really? I thought it was something else. I. <laughs> I mean, I think probably it it came from BJ, uh, but then we were like, "Well, it can't be that," and someone was like, "VJ." Yeah, I thought and then you we guys all said called yes it, and to it. I thought you guys called it accidental vag job. I believe that was the oh. name of the. Wasn't that? Nope. It was definitely <laughs> video jockey, but I love the... Look, we can all... This 2021, we can have fake narratives for whatever we want. I... There were... I could have sworn that one of the ladies on your team told me that the name was Accidental Vag Job, and you were embarrassed. <laughs> it could have been a joke. It could have been a joke. Regardless, I was thrilled with the name. I thought it was so <laughs> great. Well, I, what was what was your favorite that you'd been on? Oh, Pirate Hospital. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a great one. Pirate Hospital. Gotta be Pirate Hospital. Octavarius Sonifarius. Octavarius is such a great name. I loved Octavarius. Yeah, but uh, it's not funny in the like the way that I want from a, a good improv. Yeah, team Octavarius name, was know? actually like I thought that was a good improv name. Whereas yeah. I love for me a lot of good improv names are shitty names, and so yeah. Uh, that's where I sense get my Sense of hands was one I liked. Yeah. Um, like sense of hands. There was something with birds that I don't remember. I don't know. There's, oh, there's a bunch of great ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're on Inside Vladimir. Yeah, so they were on the, they were on the same improv team uh, together. But then Tina, I believe, went away? Or, or I think it was Amy that went away. Amy went to New York with Upright Citizens Brigade, and so that was how Tina got her job at Second City, because Amy Poehler went with UCB to New York to go try and start a theater there, and they worked for Conan O'Brien as, like, all the costume characters. So if you ever watched yeah. Conan O'Brien in, like, 1997, 98, all of the costume characters are, like, Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, uh, Ian Roberts... Like all, all the UCB people, Horatio yeah. Sands. Um, so while that was going on, that allowed Tina Fey to get cast in the Second City company. She got in a touring company, and then she got on the main stage. Was she? She was in pin, Pinata Full of Bees. I don't 
remember if she was in that I'm one. I'm pretty sure she was. It was Jim Zulovic. Um, you can look it up. I Yeah, you're I right. I believe it's on the Second City website. Yeah. I, I, I remember Pinata Full of Bees is basically the best Second City show ever. <laughs> um, it's one of. There's, it's... There's a lot of great ones, but part of what makes them great is their responses and reactions to each other. Yeah, like... Let me see if I can... I It was... I know it was, like, Adam McKay, Rachel Dratch, Scott Adsit, and I'm pretty sure that Tina Fey was in there, too. Totally could have been. I just... It was all around that time, but... Uh, and... You... For the, our listeners that don't know, Mark actually worked for the Second City for a, l- a little while. So Mark has uh, a couple of uh, you. You had some access to Second City and like seeing the history and the I old did. tapes. Was that... But all this is actually well. I guess the the video of Pinata Full of Bees is not available, but I did get to check it out from the archives when I was working there. Yeah, we got uh, the VHS and we watched it together. <laughs> Which yeah, is it was awesome. So cool to be able to see. And one day, maybe Second City will re- release it now that they're owned by a private equity firm. Congratulations <laughs> to to that. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, uh, how do you feel about that, Mark? You know, I it's it's their decision. It was a, it was a family owned business, or I guess two business partners, but uh, controlled primarily by one one guy and his, and his family. So I think his, there's a, a lot of dimensions to that decision. Um, and there was also a lot of pressure because of some social justice stuff that was happening to make some major changes. And I think they were like, you know what, let's let someone else deal with all of that. Um, and I think that's great if it helps both bring new money into the theater and uh, allow some of the, you know, some greater equality in front of and behind the stage. Yeah, this is a slight digression from friendship, but I, I think it's fair to talk about, as we talk about Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, these establishments, you know, they were never designed to be establishments, and then they became them and were unable to really handle the burden of being an establishment, I feel. And now uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're dealing with those repercussions. It, it's weird. You know, comedy is is something that is not designed to become established, but it it did become so. And then you got to figure out how to how to do that. <laughs> and hopefully these these video game people will figure it out. I'm sure they're very smart. <laughs> <laughs> so so Tina Fey takes Amy's spot at Second City and succeeds. She's doing. So was great. Amy on the touring company? She was in the touring company, yeah. And ah, okay. And um, from Tina taking her spot on touring company, she was able to work her way up to the main stage, and she got on main stage. Then while while all that's going on, Tina moves to uh, Amy and her friends in the Upright Citizens Brigade, which we should do an episode on sometime. Uh, rise mm-hmm. to power and have their own show. On Comedy Central, so it's so so good. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should. And to to finally answer the question we started the Second City tangent with, um, Tina Fey was not in Pinata Full of Bees. Uh, she was in um, Citizen Gates on the main stage, and then Paradigm Lost. Paradigm Lost stage. is another one that everybody loves. That was like 
Mm-hmm. That was another one of those legendary shows that everybody points to. <laughs> In Chicago, at least. Yeah. I don't know if people know about it outside of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hear, like, the name um, Jim Zulovic. You hear, you hear that these people over and over again. Because Jim, by the way, passed away. And if you don't know who Jim Zulovic is and you're a comedy fan, look him up. He's really funny. Um, sorry. So, main stage. Amy's in New York doing UCB stuff. Yeah. So then Tina moves, moves to New York in 1997 to start writing for Saturday Night Live. And while she's writing for Saturday Night Live... She performs on the weekends in Upright Citizens Brigade's Ask Cat show with Amy. And so they stay close together. Tina even uh, appears in season two of the Upright Citizens Brigade TV show. Just very briefly as an extra. She's next to Rob Corddry. It's pretty funny. Um, But but it's, it's very brief. So, still, as all this is going on, Amy Poehler has not joined SNL. And Tina keeps being like, please, why don't you come come over to SNL? And Amy's like, I'm on a show with my friends. I'm doing UCB. I'm not going to do Saturday Night Live. You know, I'd get lost in the shuffle here. And mm-hmm. uh, finally, in September of 2001, Amy joins the show. Uh, I believe Tina took over as head writer, so that might have uh, really <laughs> sealed the deal by then. Sure. Adam McKay was already kind of on his way out. And so, uh, yeah, not not that anybody had anything against Adam McKay. It was just like, hey, man, if your best friend becomes head writer of the show, you might as well fucking go there, you know? <laughs> right. So You won't get lost in the shuffle at the very least. Yeah, definitely not. So 2004 starts to come along, and... Tina Fey gets the rights to Mean Girls, and she start, she starts writing the screenplay Mean Girls, which I believe the book was called, uh, what was it, like Plastics and whatever, I forget the book, but she got mm-hmm. the rights to the book to write the movie Mean Girls, and she puts Amy Poehler in as the mom who's the best friend that can't, can't be like a parent, and... Mm-hmm. Just sh- shortly after all, all that comes out, September 2004, Jimmy Fallon's gone from SNL, and Amy Poehler repeat- replaces him as the co-anchor of Weekend Update with her best friend, Tina Fey. Yeah. Uh, Amy's uh, recollection of all this is just that Tina told Lauren that it is happening, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. How how cool is was that it? to be able to tell Lauren Michaels, hey, my best friend's going to be the co-host with me. This is the best idea. This is what's happening. And then he just goes, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they they hosted it together for two hours or for two years, two hours for two years on SNL. It was pretty awesome. And um, and then they they just continue to grow in power. Tina eventually leaves the show and becomes. Uh, the the star and executive producer of Thirty Rock, and mm-hmm. and continues uh, producing multiple content. I guess uh, let's see her her production company is called Little Stranger, and mm-hmm. Tina Fey she produced uh, Thirty Rock, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Great News, Busy Tonight, the new show Mr. Mayor. Uh, she also mm-hmm. did obviously Mean Girls. She also did Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, 
and the movie Sisters, which her and Amy did together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the Broadway musical of Mean Girls. And the Broadway musical of Mean Girls. Whereas Amy Poehler, not to be outdone, created her own her her own paper or her own production company called Paper Kite, which yeah, which not only produced or, or actually didn't produce her Parks and Rec show. That wasn't her. I thought I was about to be like, no, oh, she yeah. did Parks and Rec. That was her first one of her first like big um, scripted TV things. So she probably had that production company like coming out of. Yeah, Parks she got it Rec. coming out of there. And holy moly, listen to this murderous row of stuff that Amy Poehler has made. Broad City, Difficult People, uh, Russian Doll, and now the new the new uh, competition show on NBC, Making It, with her and yeah. Nick Offerman, is really great. Um, they also produced uh, Dumb Prince, I Feel Bad, The Mighty Bee on Nickelodeon, Old Soul, uh, Duncanville. I think they, wow. they have a show called Three Busy Debras as well. Three Busy Debras, I... It's a, it's a it's an adult swim show and I really I I haven't gotten to watch it yet but I want to watch it so bad it's it's every it's three ladies named Deborah and they're busy it's it I'm, looks so it hilarious sounds perfect. yeah I she also has a well I at least had and I hope still has she had a digital content thing uh, that was called Smart Girls that was doing a lot of really interesting stuff yes Smart Girls she does she does do a lot of stuff with Smart Girls and. And it looks like her her team that that's still doing it. It's her with Meredith Walker and Amy Miles, mm-hmm. who I'm not Great. as familiar with. They're still going, so I'm not entirely sure how all these companies are managed. But these sure. these women, aside from being hilarious, you know, Saturday Night Live stars, movie stars, they did mm-hmm. the movie Baby Mama in 2008. Which is the fir- mm-hmm. the first one with the two of them together? If you haven't seen Baby Mama, Baby Mama is fucking hilarious. Uh, it's I I really enjoyed that film. Is, is it the greatest film of all time? No, but it's hilarious, and you know <laughs> that's what it is. Both of these women also have amazing autobiographies. Tina Fey's book Bossy Pants is amazing. That that came out in 2011, um, and Amy Poehler's book came out I think four years later. It's called mm-hmm. Yes Please. Something around that. So good. It, it, you know, if you're looking for books to read by hilarious, smart people that are autobiographical, but also kind of like guides to how to live life and treat people, uh, they're, they're pretty great. I don't, I don't entirely agree with everything all the fucking time, but man, I'm not going to split hairs on their episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're they're just so absolutely amazing, and so so they continue to rise in stardom with their with their shows Parks and Rec, Thirty Rock. They get nominated for all these acting awards, all these writing awards. They become titans in the industry of television, and they move, like I said in two thousand eight, to film by doing uh, Baby Mama, and then and then they uh, do a movie a few years later, uh, Sisters. I think it was like seven years later. And they, they've made a joke, like, once every seven years, they're going to make a movie together. And I hope that keeps going. Oh, we're going. coming up on it then. I know, I know. 2022. <laughs> I know, we're just getting so They're probably, close. like, in production right now. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they get something going. I, I mean, we're seeing them both on the Golden Globes this time, so maybe something's in the works. The, the, the only reason that I can kind of 
get that as to why they don't do more things together is both of these women are alphas and i think that's yeah, something and that, they're both super busy well and then that, that's the thing of being an alpha is you want to do your project and you want to do things your way you have your own ideas and mm-hmm. when you have two alphas that doesn't always mean they're going to work together but that doesn't mean that they're in yeah. competition either i'm i'm gonna link uh, in our show notes uh, to an article that Vulture did in 2013 on the history of Amy and Tina's friendship. Now, obviously, this is, you know, eight years later, but it, it, it's a really great comprehensive thing on the friendship, and it has a lot of great video links, and it has a poem that that Amy wrote in her book, Yes, Please?, because both of these women dedicated a chapter of their books to one another and just oh, wrote an entire chapter about the person in their own books. Um, Amy wrote an acrostic poem about Tina Fey, and I'm just going to read it here because I know a lot of you aren't going to click on this thing. So if you don't know what an acrostic poem is, you've done it when you were a kid. You write the person's name vertically and then you take the first letter in their name and then write a few lines. And that's how you get the poem. So Amy wrote, Tina Fey. T, 20 years ago we met and became instant friends. Our relationship is the same age as Lourdes Ciccone. And like Lourdes, we think of ourselves as Madonna's daughters. I, <laughs> improvisation is where Tina shines. We have done hundreds of improv shows together and perhaps 10 were very good. This is an excellent ratio. <laughs> N. Never been attracted to the same guy. Important. A. Able to do all things well. F. Family. Tina is a great mom. E. Elizabeth is her real name, but I call her Betty. Y. <laughs> YOLO. You only live once. Asterisk. And here's the note for the asterisk. Tina, please punch this up. Thank you in advance. We host all the shit and run this town because we come correct and nobody gonna stop us. Fuck y'all haters. And that's the acrostic (laughs) poem. And that is published in a book. (laughs) So it's there for everyone. (laughs) It's in the Library of Congress. So it's registered. This friendship is registered in the Library of Congress. And I think that's that's pretty amazing right there. Uh, yeah. The two of them have hosted the Golden Globes three times and are coming up on their fourth. By the time this episode comes out, they will have hosted it four times. They even uh, helped save the 2019 Oscars after nobody wanted to host it because they were scared. It was uh, yeah. reasonable, reasonable to be scared in 2019 i think that's fair and uh tina fey and amy poehler didn't really have a reason to be scared and i think that's also fair uh yeah i I also want to point out at the end of this vulture article about them it really stuck out to me they're wearing the same shoes i don't have any friends that i match sneakers with and I, I would love to have a friend that, that would get the same shoes as me. I know that's not really a desire of yours, Mark, and I don't want to put that pressure on you. But they're wearing the same fucking oh. shoes. And I've never had I a mean, friend I'm, that would I'm, wear the same shoes. 
I'm down for matching shoes. I think really what it is is you have actual taste in shoes, and I never buy shoes and just wear the same ones over and over until they have holes in them. Well, I guess I so, just got to buy shoes for the both of us then. That's the thing. Yeah, I just need like very – just give me a little heads-up notice on which shoes are cool, and then we'll we'll match it up. What do you wear? You wear a 10? Uh, like a 9? You're a 9? I think. Wow. I don't know. So I used, when I was a kid, remember like when Vans were the thing? Uh Uh-huh. And for some reason, it was just so cool to have like big shoes. Uh Uh-huh. So I figured that out when I was like 16. And then I, only years later, was like going to get dress shoes at, you know, Clark's. Like nowhere fancy, but somewhere where they're like trying their best to like get you shoes that fit. Yeah. And And I was like, yeah, I think I'm a 10. And the guy measured my feet and was like... You're maybe more like an eight and a half, nine, maybe a nine and a half in a smaller brand. <laughs> and I realized I'd just been wearing floppy like scuba slippers for 20 years. Well, I'm so glad that I know now. Well, great. I'm going to find a pair that we can have matching shoes because I don't have a friend to match shoes with. And I think that's some bullshit. You got to fix this. Great. Now, uh, that's awesome. Now, we oh, we referenced in the last episode George Clooney and Matt uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Matt Damon having issues with Tina and Amy making jokes about them at at the Globes, and so because they're good at their jobs. Yeah, Tina and Amy. I mean, yeah, and so the fellows thought it would be fun. Well, George Clooney thought it would be fun to get stationery that made it look like it was Matt Damon saying uh, that that. Um, George, that he actually liked the jokes, but uh, but it's really ruined his life. His his kid keeps calling him garbage man, and uh, and the, just all these things. And and Amy and Tina, I I looked more from their perspective, and they were a little bit more rattled than I gave George Clooney and Brad Pitt for credit for in the last episode. So I do want to hmm. note. That, and maybe rattled isn't the right word. It, Wait, it, you're saying you're saying the guys were more rattled. No, the women. The women were oh. a little. They weren't entirely sure because they were willing to believe that Matt Damon was an innocent party in all of this. They were slightly willing to believe it, but they decided to double down on the fruit baskets and be overly aggressive to him because they like you feel Matt Damon is a rich person and he can take it. So they just went for it. And Matt Damon did say his wife was upset about all the fruit baskets because she was like, what are we going to do with all this fruit? (laughs) So that was, that was the problem at the end of it. It it wasn't really that bad of a problem, but yeah, it was. She was like, why do we have all this fruit? Matt, there is so much fruit. What am I going to do with all this fruit? <laughs> oh, God. Is there anyone, just anyone anywhere who maybe could use fruit? I don't know. Not you guys. <laughs> Donate I mean, it somewhere if you can. Yeah, but I mean, what's Matt Damon's wife going to do? So. I, I don't know if you know Matt Damon's wife, but Matt Damon's wife was a bartender in Florida, and he met her there. She's a really regular person. So, like, <laughs> he, the, Matt Damon's wife is, like, super normal. <laughs> At least as far wow. as I know. What, 
what a what a turn her life took. I I would want to that's for my favorite romance, our spinoff yeah. podcast coming soon. Yeah, she was a bartender, I think, either a bartender or waitress or something. She just Matt Damon went. She met Matt Damon when he was out in Florida, and they became close, and they started dating, and he fell in love and married her, and they've been together since. But uh, awesome. But yeah, she's that's a great really, on both of them. Yeah, she's like a super normal person. Uh, Matt Damon has a lot of very down-to-earth people around him so i think that's part of why he's an easy target like his mom was a school teacher he's got a lot of very normal shit around him whereas like george clooney you know his his aunt was rosemary clooney i'm sure nothing was ever super normal for george clooney but matt damon yeah is someone that they can all fuck with and uh <laughs> and i think that's fair i think it's okay and I think he's yeah. he's fine. <laughs> I'd rather they fuck with Matt Damon than Don Cheadle. That Don Cheadle story in the last episode made me a little sad. <laughs> I know. I was very sad about it. I was like, man, why would you fuck with Don Cheadle? Fuck with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He won an Oscar when he was like 23. <laughs> you know? Well, the annoying part is that they they fucked with Don Cheadle. It was really George Clooney fucking with Brad Pitt. But then Don Cheadle was like the collateral damage, which made it worse. For like six months. Yeah. It's just... And something he genuinely cared about. Yeah. And Ugh. so... We're not going to get specific. You got to go listen to the last episode. So Tina Fey and Amy Poehler <laughs> repeatedly take shots at Clooney and Damon and Pitt for like their pranks. And they're like, oh yeah, I usually spend $250,000 per joke, you know? Whenever it is. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it just makes me so happy because like, yeah, I just, I watch these two friends, I watch these two ladies do it and I'm like, man, this is the friendship that we all should wish to have. Both of them. So uh, Tina has, I forget who has sons and who has daughters, but I, I think Tina has two sons and Amy has two daughters. It's either way, the other way around and both want their children to just marry each other. So that they can <laughs> just all be in one family. <laughs> and yeah. they're like trying uh-huh. to pressure their children into doing this. And maybe one day we'll all have a great podcast about how this is wrong. But <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> it's funny right now. <laughs> or it'll be a very down the line episode of My Favorite Romance. Yeah. Oh man, My Favorite Romance. One day we'll do that type of show. <laughs> I'm... But yeah, oh, okay. So yeah, Amy has two sons and Tina has two daughters. Amy's two sons are Archie and Abel, and Tina's daughters are named Alice and Penelope. So, Aww. so they're just trying to get uh, how 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 they they're trying to find a way to get these children to marry one another, so that Amy and Tina can finally be united forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm I'm trying to think if I have any more like fun, fun bits. I'm gonna post some notes so you guys can get access to to the videos and magazine articles. The two these two women have gotten to interview each other from multiple magazines, and they're always great. I have a great interview from them from Marie Claire. Uh, there's all sorts of awesome stuff. It's just I don't know. This is like everything that I could dream for in a friendship to be able to you know co-host things with my friend to make movies with my friend to uh you know just hang out 
with our families together. It just seems like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey have figured out a really great way to balance their work life with their friendship life and uh, and it just continues it's it's been going since 1993 we're coming on we're we're at 28 years 20 27 years of friendship this is crazy is that more than 50 percent of their lives uh you know let's see they're they were born in 19 Tina Fey was born in 1970, and she is 50, so okay. no. Yeah. And Amy Poehler was no, no, born yes. in 1971. She's 49. So no, we, we have not beat are. on 28 that. Is, Twenty eight is... No, no, we don't. We don't yet. Oh, wait. 28 is more than half of 50. Oh, wait, you're right. 28 is more than half of 50. God damn it. They're better than us in every way, Mark. again i'm not not surprised and they've totally earned it yeah there's just nothing we have on these two we got nothing on them you know what but here's the best thing about friendship (laughs) there is there's no limit on it in the world there is friendship abundance so i think really we can just look at what tina fey and amy poehler have accomplished and think hey if we can even have some fraction of that in our lives then we're going to be substantially happier. Oh, man. I, I really think so, man. I, I This is my favorite friendship. I don't know what yours is. I, I've been holding on to this one for a while, and it just felt like after last week's episode, I couldn't hold it back anymore. And I, I don't even know why I held on to this for so long. But yeah, this is my favorite I mean, this friendship. one is certainly like... I, you know, it's when you said that, I was like, ooh, we titled the podcast this, but I've never actually thought specifically what is my favorite friendship and this is definitely a contender if not the winner it's one that's inspired me for years and just the joy that they seem to bring to each other and to all of their fans is so admirable and i it just seems like they have a blast and an extra blast together i also identify them because we were brought up with the same religious cult so you know we're into it. Yes, and. Improv? Yes, yeah. and. Just say yes, and, and live your life. <laughs> so, I always appreciate people in our cults. <laughs> Even though we've all kind of left the cult. If if the cult even exists anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's breaking down, in a, but in a good way, in a freeing way, I think. I hope. I hope. I don't know. It remains to be seen, but... Um, it certainly had its share, the cult part of it certainly had its share of problems. And so I hope the, I hope we can uncouple the fun of improvising from the challenge of the improv community. Yeah. One day, probably when we're gone, <laughs> you know, when we're all, we're all out of it. I think it'll be like one more generation after us. It'll be okay. Sure. Well, the work is starting now, so I'm, you know, I have a ton of respect for everyone who's who's working to make things better and more, more, you know, equal and more opportunity and more everything. Yeah, I miss working um, in a group. I, I enjoy the, the solo stuff and the duo stuff, but having a big group is really, really fun. Yeah. I have no, nothing to add. It's very <laughs> true. Uh, so 
unless you have anything else to add, I I say thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to reach out to us, Brian is at Brian Wool on all platforms, and I'm at Mark Musinski. And the show is at my favorite friendship or at my fav friendship on Twitter, thanks to their character limit. And uh, if the, anything else, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, uh, our our buddy Steve Way was just in a featured in GQ. So uh, mm, for those yeah. of you who are fans of the G, of the Steve Way episode, check out his article in GQ. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, thank you for remembering that. Yeah, it's awesome. And until then, have a great week. Yeah, have a great week, everybody. Bye.